everybody, Pastor Paul here at church headquarters um, on a Tuesday morning. It is March 30th, 2021. A little rainy out there today here in Tallahassee, but but no worries. Um, supposed to be great weather for outdoor services. Good Friday and Easter coming up at the end of this week. But hey, this morning, we don't want to miss the opportunity God has given us to to learn from his word. We're in Exodus chapter 25. So the people of God have been called out of Egypt, rescued, redeemed. They have made this journey to Mount Sinai where God has made himself known. He has given his law to Moses. And the idea here is that these Israelites were once bound up in slavery um, to Egyptian masters who meant them harm, who meant to abuse them, misuse them, mistreat them. But now they have a new master. And um, this is one who um, is looking out for their souls, their eternal benefit, who's redeemed them, called them to himself, the Lord. So um, that's, the, that's kind of the, the spirit that all of these laws are being offered. And so here in Exodus 25, we're going to look at this first set of instructions that God gives Moses to give to the Israelites. It's a short little passage, but there is a ton to learn from it, I think. Um, and in, in, in your Bibles, the, the, the top of the or the little heading above, above chapter 25 might say something like contributions for the sanctuary. And, and that's where we're going to be. And we're going to find out why this was, why the law began with this and what its importance was for the people of Israel and for us. So, so math, I'm sorry, Exodus 25, I forget what Testament we're in, um, verses one through nine. Let's, let's hear God's word. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel that they take from me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. You shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and the breastpiece, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst." Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. So if you want to go shop at a high-end furniture store, right, um, you're going to go to somewhere like a pottery barn where you get to pay $12,000 for a lampstand or something like that. And... Um, versus going to uh, a big box retailer where you can find um, find furniture for pennies on the dollar compared right well if you wanted if you wanted to to kind of lay out um, an equivalent here in 25 for what God is calling the people to do for the sanctuary of God um, we're on the pottery barn end of things right uh, restoration hardware or, or what have you. I mean, this is, this is, this is high end stuff that God is calling, 
um, the people to collect. I mean, the purple and scarlet yarns and goat's hair and tanned ram and gold and silver and bronze. I mean, these are the high-end items of the day. And so, so a couple of questions immediately jump out to us. What what exactly is God asking the Israelites to do? Why why is he asking them to do it? Why is this important? Well, we know that when the Israelites were traveling, um, making their journeys through the wilderness over this 40-year um, span, um, we'll get to that part later, um, every time they would set up camp, they would set up the tent of sanctuary or the tent of meeting. meeting. And they were instructed um, to set this temp, uh, tent up in the middle of all of the 12 tribes of the 2 million people. And the reason, of course, was that it, this was a symbolic statement that everything that the Israelites did was to evolve around God. God was, be, was to be the central point, okay, of all of their activity. He was to be the focal point. He was to be their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Their lives, okay, were to literally and spiritually orbit around God. And so, so here, God is giving them instructions um, about how to build this. But, but before he gives the instructions, he has to, he has to collect the materials and to, for the Israelites to construct this, this temple. And as we're going to see, it was ornate. It was, it was high end in every way. First question we might have is, is where was Israel supposed to get all of this gear? Okay. All of this bling, all of these jewels, all of these fine fragrant incense. I mean, we're talking like this is, this is, you know, they made a trip to Tiffany's and, and, and bought the best jewelry. Well, let's remember back in Exodus when God gave the Israelite explicit instructions that when they were on their way out of Egypt, they were to plunder the Egyptians. They were to go to their Egyptian neighbors and they were to ask for gifts and offerings. And, um, and God gave them favor, okay, in the sight of the Egyptians. The Egyptians were so glad to see the Israelites go. They would literally give them anything. And so here Israel is um, um, taking all of these jewels and, and precious possessions and precious stones with them on their journey into, into the wilderness. And, and what we see from this, don't we, is that even before God had called them out of Egypt, even before God had delivered them, God had in mind the worship of himself. God had in mind this idea that that he was not calling Israelite into the Israelites into the wilderness to 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 play a spiritual game. He this wasn't just you know their relationship with God was not just a hobby. It wasn't just a spiritual interest. It wasn't just you know one slice of a twelve slice uh, pie that they were to enjoy. It was to be their heart and mind. It was to be the center of their lives. All of their lives were to. Um, connect to God. And that's why you have all these different instructions, right? Uh, about how they're to eat and where they're to live and what they're to wear and how they're to worship and how they're to sacrifice. Um, the, 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 the point is very clear, right? Um, if you want to flourish and have true spiritual life, then God must be the center of that. 
which makes sense because if God is the most valuable thing in the universe, which he is, um, and our, then it means our greatest good is going to be when we are connected to him. And when Israel was giving all of their gifts, okay, back to God, it was to be a reminder to them that they belong to God. All their stuff belonged to God. Um, we, we, we can imagine, okay, um, you know, if, if, if someone came around and asked us to, um, if you ended up getting a stimulus check this last go around, um, ask you to, to, to give that to charity or to give that away, um, our initial pull and instinct, right? Um, or at least mine would be to be like, Hey, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That's my money. And in reality, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it was, it was a gift. It was given to us. I don't want to talk about national debt. You get what I'm saying, right? All analogies break down at some point. Well, these things ultimately hadn't even belonged to, to the people of Israel to begin with, right? Um, they, um, they were given as gifts, and this is way this is this is God's way of communicating to the Israelites that all they have is a gift, um, all they have belong to Him. Anything they have is but by grace, and now He is calling them to live a sacrificial life by returning some of what He has entrusted to them. Okay. Um, for his use. So, so, I mean, there is like, there, there's a lot of application here, but it's a reminder. Number one, we belong to God. Um, we came into the world with, with nothing. We go out with nothing. We belong to God. Anything we have in this life has been given a gift as a gift. Um, two, that means that all of us need to have a posture, uh, about our stuff that says, this doesn't belong to me. This belongs to God. And this doesn't just relate to money, although it's n certainly, makes a claim on our money, but this is about our time, our gifts, our resources, our children, our family, our hobbies, all of it belongs to him. And we want to be continually asking God, how do I honor you with it? Okay. How do I, how do I steward what is really not even mine to begin with in a way that brings honor and glory to you? Now, what's interesting about this, okay, just a little tidbit you may have overlooked um, verse two, it says, speak to the people of Israel that they may take from me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. Okay. And, and what this doesn't mean is that, is that, well, if you want to give great, if you don't want to give not great. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. It, it, what it really is tying to is that what God is ultimately after. Okay. In our lives of worship to him is our hearts. So it's not as if simply saying, well, I'm going to give this money or my time or my services or my resources uh, begrudgingly. Um, that That's not particularly honoring to God, right? What honors God is our heart. What honors God is our um, deeds and service and acts of love and mercy that flow from a transformed heart. And so it's very appropriate to ask, that if there are there are if there is no place in our life where there is sacrifice, whether it be of money, time, resources, service, you you get the idea. And we have to legitimately ask: Has God really moved upon my heart? Do I, you know, is there is there a spiritual reality 
operating in my life. Because if there is, then it's going to, to show up, right, in a life of generosity. And so that's something for all of us to pray for. If, if you don't feel your heart moved by a spirit of generosity, pray for that, right? Um, pray that God would connect your heart to it. Pray that God would move in your heart and that you would be looking for every opportunity to say, God, all that I have belongs to you. How do I steward this? How do I leverage it? How do I um, set this apart for your glory and honor? Because it's, after all, not mine, okay? But it's, it's, it's yours. And that boils down to the smallest details of our life, right? Um, and this, 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 this spans out into to all facets of our living and our being. And as the Israelites came to worship at the tent of meeting, they would see literally and figuratively their contributions literally embedded in the walls and in the, the decoration and in the furniture of this, um, of this temple, which, of, which was, com comes from the finest of human resources and realize this all belongs to God. It's his, and, and, and this is a statement that um, life apart from him, unless it's connected to him, um, has no ultimate meaning. And so, so what a great little lesson for God to give the Israelites and to us um, in terms of just launching out here into these instructions about the law. So contributions for the sanctuary on tomorrow, we're going to look at the Ark of the Covenant and how this also communicates certain important things about God and about us and how we're to relate to him. So ought to be a great time. So see you tomorrow, same time, same station. Let me pray. Lord, you, your word tells us, Psalm 24, that this world belongs to you and everything in it. And Lord, we, we, we acknowledge that, confess that, and we pray, Father, that we would have a posture of generosity and stewardship to all that you've entrusted to us, our money, our time, our family, our resources, our hobbies, our gifts, all of it we would measure in relationship to you and and heed your call to, to honor you with what you have entrusted to us. So, Lord, we ask for your grace in this. Help us in this, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow.